Hi, I'm Matthew Moore, and this is Natural Election, a podcast from Ozarks at Large and KUAF, all about elections in Arkansas. Today, a statewide citizens initiative is working diligently to make recreational marijuana legal in the natural state. Plus, we'll walk you through some of the run-up elections you can expect in the River Valley and Northwest Arkansas. If you've been in a farmer's market across Arkansas this spring, odds are you've seen someone with a clipboard asking you to sign a petition. Jacqueline Froelich is a reporter for Ozarks at Large here at KUAF and shares her reporting on those working to make recreational marijuana legal to Arkansans 21 and over. Contract workers with verified Arkansas sort and box stacks of signed recreational marijuana petitions inside temporary quarters in downtown Fayetteville this morning. This place also serves as base camp for field canvassers like Jeff Hollis, who, with Validation Arkansas coordinator Ellis Hairston, are questing for signatures on the Fayetteville Town Square. Hi, sir. We're collecting signatures to get recreational marijuana on the ballot. You interested in signing? What county are you registered in? Washington. Thank you, sir. Okay, wonderful. Well, we are collecting signatures sure. to pass recreational marijuana. I will definitely sign. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, here. Let me actually move you over sheets. Okay. We're, we're collecting these by county. So I have oh. a few Benton, a few Crawford, but you're in Washington. Okay, perfect. So I'll need your signature, your printed name, date of birth. Cute dog, what's the name? Uh, it's Walter. Walter, I love it. More than 200 responsible Growth Arkansas canvassers are fanned out across the state with additional campaign offices in Little Rock, Bentonville, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. According to state election laws, they must gather a quota of signatures from at least 15 counties. To date, we've collected over 75,000 and we're picking up thousands of signatures a day. Eddie Armstrong, a former Democrat state representative, is chairman of Responsible Growth Arkansas, a ballot petition initiative campaign to pass the proposed Arkansas Adult Use Cannabis Amendment. The goal is 89,151, and we are well on target to exceed our goal. Armstrong says it took a year to formulate a strategy, and the campaign so far has spent over a million dollars. A third of that paid to political consulting firm Advanced Micro-Targeting in Dallas. For your listeners, if they don't know, you know, the passage of this amendment will authorize possession of one ounce of usable cannabis by adults over 21 um, and the cultivation sales of cannabis um, by our licensed facilities across the state. It sounds far-fetched, legalizing recreational pot in Arkansas, a politically conservative state. But seven years ago, voters approved Amendment 98, legalizing medical marijuana. That industry currently serves more than 82,000 registered patients through eight cultivation facilities, 38 dispensaries, and four licensed processors. Last year, Arkansas medical marijuana sales totaled nearly $270 million. $34 million of that was collected as state tax revenue. This recreational marijuana legalization initiative proposes to triple the number of marijuana dispensaries and more than double cultivation sites. The focus was on lowering the cost for the patients that were currently acquiring it and potentially may need it the most as we move forward. Once we have passage, you will have a new market of consumers well into the hundreds of thousands of individuals 
um, now joining the 80,000 medical marijuana patients and buying um, these products. Armstrong says rules will be formulated by the state to establish a recreational marijuana industry in part using existing medical marijuana infrastructure. You will be a part of receiving a license for the opportunity to sell recreational or adult use cannabis to any general consumer that may come into your facility. You will still be responsible to show ID. As you know, this is 21 and older. Um, and those products will be sold, and you can be able to identify those with bud tenders once you enter dispensaries in the future. And then the next wave of that, you will see um, applicants come to the table and apply for the remaining licenses to get to you know, our said count that will be allotted for new dispensaries in the state. And then that application process, those new licensees will be selected through a lottery and have the opportunity to open up their brick-and-mortar facilities across the state and in particular regions and zones. If this citizen initiative succeeds, the Alcoholic Beverage Control Division of the Department of Finance and Administration will regulate issuance and renewal of licenses for both recreational and medical cultivation facilities, which are barred from operating near schools, churches, daycares, or developmentally disabled facilities. Any new dispensaries must be located at least five miles from existing dispensaries. Armstrong says legalizing recreational marijuana in Arkansas will work to keep marijuana patronage and profits in state while cultivating cannabis tourism. Visitors and guests that come into the state for tourism will be able to go into stores no different than, you know, our beverage or liquor stores, show your ID and purchase product. And all of those products will be, you know, identified and notated when a consumer goes into any of the new dispensaries or the current existing dispensaries that will be um, selling these products as it comes into the market after it passes. According to language in the proposed ballot initiative posted on ResponsibleGrowthArkansas.com, which amends Arkansas's Medical Marijuana Amendment 98, the tax on medical marijuana will be eliminated to reduce patient costs. Recreational marijuana sales will be fully taxed, however, with a portion donated to bolster law enforcement salaries, support Arkansas drug courts, and fund University of Arkansas for medical sciences, medical services, and research. Armstrong says the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission will provide oversight to the Arkansas recreational marijuana industry. And then you've got an additional oversight committee at the legislative level the um, Legislative Oversight Committee for the Medical Marijuana Industry, which likely will take on some sort of new form in 2023 as we go to uh, uh, an adult use industry um, should this pass by the, be passed by the people. Once the petition quota is met, the ballot measure must be certified by August 25th by Arkansas Secretary of State Leslie Rutledge in order to appear on the November 4th general election ballot. Rutledge has rejected previous citizen initiatives to legalize recreational marijuana before. This campaign, however, is well-researched and financed, Armstrong says, having raised more than $1.8 million dollars. Well, we hadn't ran away from the fact that, yes, we have gotten support from the um, folks within the medical marijuana industry um, space, both dispensary owners and cultivators, uh, 
and the support really that's shown the biggest remarkable uh, impact here and motivation for contributions as I, you know, work the phones and talk to potential donors um, to this campaign is the support of, you know, the Arkansas voters who believe this is good for the state. Armstrong says ancillary medical marijuana businesses in Arkansas are also supporting this campaign. Supporters from all facets of this industry um, take an interest and, and want to begin and or have donated to the campaign. A late February poll conducted by Talk Business and Politics and Hendricks College found that a majority, 53 percent of Arkansas voters, support legalizing recreational marijuana for adults age 21 and over. The same percentage of voters who approved medical marijuana in 2016. That polling has a margin of error of plus or minus 4.4 percent. If the Arkansas Adult Use Cannabis Amendment measure makes the November 4th ballot, a simple majority of voters will be required to pass it. Arkansas is one of only 15 states where voters can propose amendments to the state constitution, reflected in the state motto, Renya Populis, or the People Rule. I'm joined now by Jacqueline Perlick, reporter for Ozarks at Large here at KUAF. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Matthew. So we have some questions coming out of the reporting that you just uh, showed us here. My first question for you is, recreational marijuana is legal in just 19 of the states in the District of Columbia, but nearly all of those states are blue or purple states. Is it actually likely that a heavily Republican state like Arkansas would vote in a majority to allow recreational marijuana to be available for purchase? So in my report, I cite a poll that was conducted earlier this year by um, Talk Business and Politics with Hendricks College, and they found a narrow majority, 53 percent of Arkansans support legalizing recreational marijuana for adults age 21 and over. And that's the exact same percentage, ironically, that supported of voters who approved medical marijuana in 2016. Right. And with a ballot measure, it just takes a simple majority, right? Right now, yes. What will the impact on current dispensaries that currently only sell those on a medicinal basis? Will will there be more? Uh, Will they be able to sell recreational and medicinal? So according to Eddie Armstrong, who's coordinating Responsible Growth Arkansas, who's spearheading this campaign, his medical marijuana industry financially backed campaign to legalize recreational marijuana, rules would be formulated to establish a recreational marijuana industry in part using the existing medical marijuana infrastructure. So this ballot measure, if approved, will amend Amendment 98, which established in 2016 the rules and regulations and means to distribute medical marijuana to include recreational marijuana. So to answer your question, (laughs) right now, medical marijuana is sold through 38 licensed dispensaries, Mm -hmm. hard fought by uh, operators who wanted to set these up in the pots grown in eight licensed cultivation facilities. And if a majority of Arkansans vote to legalize recreational marijuana, demand is going to soar. Absolutely. I saw that on the street when the peti- when the petitions were yeah. being gathered. People almost ran up to the canvassers <laughs> to sign the petitions. So, uh, so according to the campaign, the amendment will allow for the tripling of marijuana dispensaries and more than double cultivation sites. Wow. So, so if you want details about all of this, if you visit About Us 
link on Responsible Growth Arkansas, you can read the 11-page proposed ballot measure, which is in really tiny type, which details all this. Yeah, well, that leads really well into my next question. The On the website for Responsible Growth Arkansas, they mentioned some financial examples of how this potential amendment will impact Arkansans. Can you talk about a few of those? Yeah. The campaign claims that Arkansas Adult Use Cannabis Amendment, that's the formal title Mm -hmm. for this thing, will provide benefits to Arkansans all across the state, starting with funding for hospitals and medical uh, research, specifically at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Proceeds, the campaign says, will also go towards law enforcement salaries and bolster local police budgets to focus on serious crime. And in effect, this law will reduce pot user arrests if you're holding a certain amount. Right. Um, so that's going to ease overcrowding in jails in certain sectors that have taken advantage of that. The measure advocates say will also improve Arkansas's existing medical marijuana programming by removing burdensome taxes on patients who purchase medical marijuana. Um, and... Uh, so, so that's a bonus for, for medical patients who rely on this drug to help for 18 qualifying conditions from pain to um, fibromyalgia, uh, cancers, and, and certain eye diseases. Uh, recreational marijuana sales will also support Arkansas drug court operations, which, as you know, and a lot of our listeners know, help to funnel certain criminal right. offenders from jail into drug court to get help for substance abuse. These are nonviolent offenders so that they won't offend again. And the measure will also strictly limit the number of licensees to grow and sell cannabis, again, to a total of 20 cultivation sites and 120 dispensaries statewide. And that will help law enforcement to keep cannabis the campaign says, out of the hands of minors and off the black market, because right now anybody who wants recreational pot has to deal with drug dealers right. on the street. Right. So, um, and, and finally, the campaign also says sales from recreational marijuana will far surpass sales for medical marijuana, which currently exceeds over $400 million in the totality since the first dispensary opened, creating a wealth of tax revenue for the state. Right. And and it sounds like the things that they're trying to do are very bipartisan friendly, uh, you know, ideas to support uh, paying police officers better, to to help support drug courts. So this is not just a Democratic Party or Republican Party uh, venture. This is really trying to bring all Arkansans together. So outside of not getting enough signatures, what pitfalls are possible that might prevent this measure from ending up on the ballot in November? So this campaign hired a professional ballot initiative vendor to coordinate the petition gathering to comply with incredibly strict state regulations on gathering petition signatures. And they are verifying all signatures submitted to the Secretary of State. And the deadline is July 8th. But the Secretary of of State will also have to verify all these signatures. As you well know, this is an area where you're you're very uh, well informed. You've You've written your master's thesis on this. <laughs> and um, and so that's a little over a month from now. Still, the campaign's expected to exceed the quota for his signatures is 89,000, give or take, um, far exceed that. In my, in my belief, they're just every day thousands of signatures are coming in. 
Um, and so the secret- Secretary of State must then finally certify the ballot measure by August 25th, okay? And for that, that's for inclusion on the November general election ballot. Now, I spoke with Jay Barth, professor emeritus of political science at Hendricks College, and he says there's been changes in citizen ballot initiative procedures which make it harder to enact these things. You know, historically, this was an area where uh, the attorney general really had a lot of hands-on activity with every stage of the process in terms of the approval of language, the ballot title, et cetera. Uh, now, a lot more of that responsibility is really in the hands of the secretary of state. Of course, the attorney general would, would represent the secretary of state in court if there was a challenge. Uh, to any of the uh, the rulings by the Secretary of State, so there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of power by those administrators before it ever goes to the people at all. Now, Professor Barth also commented on a referred ballot measure by the conservative majority Arkansas legislature, and it's titled the Constitutional Amendment and Ballot Initiative Reform Amendment. And in my my opinion. As a reporter, I believe it specifically targets this effort to, rec- to to legalize recreational marijuana, and this is why. It will change the number of votes needed a sim- from a simple majority to at least 60 percent for any proposed citizen ballot measure to pass. Um, Barr says if approved, the law would make it more difficult for the people to change policy, handing more power to the legislature, in effect, stymieing direct democracy, which is what these citizen ballot measures are. They're a form of direct democracy where people can formulate policies, bring them before the people to vote on. And that 60 percent metric is so interesting because that given medical marijuana passed by 53% right. of the majority. And polling shows 53% of voters would approve recreational marijuana. And in closing, I also que- queried Eddie Armstrong, campaign lead on this, this initiative, about obstacles regarding his ballot measure. And he wrote, in summary, our campaign has worked diligently to write a well-crafted amendment. We are putting in the work to ensure we achieve the signatures to place this on the ballot, and we have a comprehensive plan to communicate with our Kansans the importance of this broadly popular policy improvement. Jacqueline Frelix, a reporter for Ozarks at Large here at KUAF Public Radio. Jacqueline, thank you so much for your excellent reporting on this. And thank you so much for natural elections. I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you. One week from today, June 21st, are the runoff elections across the state. We've got a full rundown on a county level of information about what specific races are in a runoff election and what parties are eligible for them at KUAF.com slash vote. There are runoff elections for some county judge races, including Carroll, Washington, and Crawford. And the race for Crawford County Sheriff will also see a runoff. For seats in the General Assembly, we'll see a runoff for Senate District 28, which represents parts of Boone, Carroll, Franklin, Johnson, Madison, and Newton County. Senate District 35 is another runoff election with voters in parts of Washington and Benton County voting in that election. On the House side, State Representative District 12 and 13 are both in a runoff and both based in Benton County. District 23, which covers parts of Washington County, District 27, which includes parts of Newton County, and District 52, 
with voters in Scott, Sebastian, and Yale County. All of those are going to have runoff elections on Tuesday, June 21st. To give us a reminder on runoff elections and how they work, I spoke with Jennifer Price of the Washington County Elections Commission. Runoff elections are on June 21st this year. Can you give our listeners a reminder of the difference between a primary elections that we had last month in May and these runoff elections that are happening next week? So the runoff election that's happening on June 21st is triggered when uh, you have three or more candidates who are running um, for office in the primary election and not and you don't have a single candidate that gets 50% plus one. So that triggers a runoff. So we take the uh, the voters or the candidates with the two highest vote count, and then they go to a runoff election. And then the winner of that runoff election, along with the winners from the primary, those are the candidates that move on to the general election held in November. Say there's a race with four folks. Is there a certain percentage that you have to reach um, in order to qualify for a runoff? Say if you have four people and you have, you know, three who reach 30-ish percent and one that only gets about 10 percent, what qualifies those three from getting to the runoff but the fourth one from not? Does that make sense? It's just the top two. So whenever you have four candidates running for an office, so for instance, we had four candidates who are running for Washington County judge. And uh, so the four out of those four candidates, you take the two top vote getters. And those are the two that move on to the runoff election. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's very helpful. And uh, last question I have for you is who is eligible to vote in these runoff elections? Yeah, so that's really important to note. So for this runoff election, it is a Republican runoff election. So the voters who are eligible to vote is anyone who voted a Republican ballot for the May 24th election, a nonpartisan ballot, or did not even vote at all. All of those individuals are eligible to vote in this June 21st election. Now, if you uh, took a Democratic ballot, you are not eligible to vote in the June 21st election. So if you didn't vote in the primary in May, you're still eligible to vote in the runoff election? Yes, absolutely you are. So there's three groups of people that are eligible to vote. Yeah, it's those that took a Republican ballot or took a nonpartisan ballot or who did not even vote at all. Gotcha. Well, I learned something new today and I I do an elections podcast. For a much more expansive roundup of runoff election information, you can find that at KUAF.com slash vote. You've been listening to Natural Election, a podcast production of Ozarks at Large and KUAF Public Radio. The show is co-hosted by Rachel Sanchez-Smith and Daniel Carruth. I'm Matthew Moore. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.